Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is clearing the air. And now here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello everyone, my name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. Let's start off with a call that came in from San Leandro. It's great. Uh, I live in San Leandro. My question is this. What do you do with a family, especially a sister that doesn't want nothing to do with you? How do you deal with it? Have a good, God bless. Well, first of all, you can't force yourself upon people. If someone doesn't want to talk to you or have something to do with you, then you can't force yourself upon them. You can write a letter. Sometimes, for example, with a parent and child, I'll, I'll use a different example. I'll use the example of a parent and a child. Sometimes when uh, parents were young, they didn't do a very good job and their kids have something, have a grudge against them. There's unfinished business. Let's say he wasn't a good father and now the child doesn't want anything to do with him. Well, it's very sad. You, as a father, you, can, you could write a letter to your child. If now you're older, you realize that you messed up and you're willing to admit it. You're willing to admit it and not make excuses and, and you want to clear the air and you want to say, I messed up, I didn't do you right, I'm sorry. I see it now. I didn't see it then, I see it now, I'm sorry. If you write a letter, and express that idea, then that's about all you can do. If the person comes around and wants to have something to do with you, then that's nice. And if they don't, then go on with your life. You can't force yourself upon people. And when you do clear the air, do it with no strings attached. Clear the air, say, hey, I didn't do you right, I'm sorry. And then let it go. Let it go. Don't expect anything. Walk away and leave it at that. Then sometimes, you know, they don't want to ever have anything to do with you. You write them a letter, they still don't want to have anything to do with you, then just go on with your life. You know, like I've often said, I, I, know, I meet people and within a few seconds I'm closer to them than I am to members of my own family. See, we're not all the same. We're not all the same, even in the same family. And so, let them go about their life. You know, you know, you might be better off sometimes. See, family can get very sticky, can get very enmeshing. Family can lay a lot of troubles upon you, and you get so involved in it, and months and years go by, and there's this issue and that issue, and nothing's ever resolved, and you waste your whole life fussing with the issues that they lay upon you. Sometimes you're better off to go away, start your own little family somewhere a thousand miles away, and uh, you're better off if they're not there. Because I get calls and emails and texts from people who say, hey, my mother-in-law is ruining our marriage. You know, my aunt is ruining our marriage. My mother is ruining our marriage. Then, see, I tell them, you know, maybe the best thing would be just to leave and go somewhere else, far away, and have your own little family. Because if they're there, they're just messing with your mind all the time. They want to change your life. They don't approve of what you're doing, and they're constantly interfering. That's not good. So that's about 
all I can say on the subject. Mainly, we're not all the same. Let people make their own choices. You can't force yourself upon them. Live your life and don't worry about it. Let it go. Let it go. That's about all I can say here. I don't know all the circumstances. You didn't leave your number, Greg. If you want to call the listener call in line and leave your number, then I'll call you back if there's something else you want you have to, to ask me about this subject. My name is Roland. I'm in my 32nd year now helping people cope with stress. And I would like to talk about a Christian approach to stress. And that would be what? That would be putting God first. That's it. Christ told us. He said, put first the kingdom of God in his right way, and all other things will be added unto you. So first you put God, and then everything else. So how do you put God first? Well... There's a very simple way of doing it. See, what I want to focus on is the instant or the moment of confrontation, the moment where something presents itself to you. Well, I want to look at the moment. See, we have a tendency, first of all, to look in the wrong place and to focus on incidentals. There's a term in the business world. What is that? it's majoring in the minors. We look in the wrong place and we look at the wrong things. What you need to do is to look at the moment. In the moment when something presents itself to you. Now, here's a little example. Your partner comes to you with a question and you have a tendency to resent her or him coming to you with a question because they've asked it before or you sense that there's something behind the question, that's the mistake. Because what are you doing? You are putting yourself first. You resent your wife. You resent your husband. Now you feel guilty. So then what do you do? You try to bend over backwards to be extra nice to them and make up for it. You see what I mean? So now who are you putting first? But what you're really doing is putting yourself first again, because you want them to see you in a good light. You want to take away the guilt, and you want to have peace, and so you see how it's selfish. So, how do you put God first? And how do you do that in that moment, that instant, when they present something to you? You take a mental step back, and in your mind you have only one goal. And it's not really a goal, but let's call it a goal. You have only one goal in mind, and that is to always do what you know is right in your heart. You always want to do what you know is right in your heart. So here comes somebody with something. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. But all you know is you want to do what's right in your heart. And so you stand back, and it's almost like a silent cry to God. That's what it is. You say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the right thing is. And every time in the past I've said something, I've always messed it up. So now you just stand there, almost as if, almost like you're dumb. I mean, you're not really dumb, but 
almost like you're, you're dumb. You don't try to think of anything clever to say. You don't try to think of something clever to do. You don't try to dig back in your memory banks for something that somebody told you or some book you read or some course you took. You just stand there in total innocence and you have no idea. And then you know what? But you really and truly want to do what you know is right in your heart. Then you know what? Something will come to you. And it'll be just right. Or nothing comes to you and then nothing is what you're supposed to do. You put God first. You put him first. You want to know what's right. And you don't know what's right. And you want to do what's right and you don't know how to do what's right. So you stand back. And he answers. See, do you remember in the Bible there was Solomon and God said he would grant Solomon one wish. Solomon could have wished for riches, for fame, for fortune, for a long life, for praise and awards. And he could have wished for all that kind of stuff. But you know what he said? He said, I would like to have the wisdom to rule my people properly. And because of the sincerity and of that request, God granted it. And he gave Solomon great wisdom. So when you stand there and you want to do what you know is right in your heart by your wife or your husband or your child, then something comes to you. It's wordless. It's intuitive. It's gut level. And it's right. It's the most beautiful thing. So that's what you have to learn how to do is put God first and not yourself first. Do you get it? And don't try to come up with something clever, because if you do, it's just your ego getting in the way and messing everything up all over again. So, do you understand now? It's very simple. Put God first. And the way you do that is in the moment. If some of you have a hard time of standing back. You get wrapped up in all the details. So you say, well, Roland, I would like to do what you just said. I would like to be able to take a mental step back and silently and wordlessly cry out to God and know what to do in the moment. But I don't know how to do that. Well, then let me offer you some help right there. I'm going to tell you how to practice getting out of all that stuff and coming back to reality and closer to God. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you now. Here it is. Or are you lost in something already? Here's what you do. You practice coming back to reality. Listen. You practice coming back to reality when you have a quiet moment. And then, having come back to reality in the quiet moment... You go out into the world pre-armed with that perspective, pre-armed with the perspective of wanting to do what you know is right in your heart for every moment, pre-armed with patience, pre-armed with calmness. And then when something presents itself, you are already standing back. You're already a bit distant and closer to God and closer to reality. 
And then you watch from reality. You watch from that perspective. And you call upon God. And your mind is clear. Your perception is clear. Your discernment is clear. And then you say or do the right thing. So how are you going to find reality? Well, I already said that in the moment when something presents itself, if you take a step back and watch from the neutral zone. You know, you've heard people say, take a step back, mental step back, or you've heard people say, you know, count to 10. That's kind of the idea. You take a step back. You get the big picture in your heart. You want to do what's right. You always want to do what you know is right in your heart. So you don't have any pre-plan or agenda. So if somebody comes to you and they say, you did me wrong, you take a mental step back and you see that you did do them wrong. And then you say, yeah, you're right. I did you wrong. Somebody comes to you and asks you a question. You could be phony with them. You take a mental step back and you give them a real answer. See, it's beautiful. That's how you have to live. You have to be real. The most real person who ever lived was Christ. He was real. He lived in reality. He told people the truth, and he didn't hide in fantasy. In these challenging times in which we live, Roland has decided to make the complete four-part meditation exercise available for free to those who cannot afford a donation. The meditation exercise is a tool for dealing with stress and remaining centered. To listen to the complete four-part meditation exercise, simply go to SheddingShackles.com and click on the middle icon, Meditation. That's SheddingShackles.com. This is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'm also a pianist, and played some of the music that you hear on Shedding Shackles, such as Ain't Misbehavin', a jazz standard in an arrangement by Teddy Wilson. That's how you have to live. You have to be real. The most real person who ever lived was Christ. walking around lost in thinking, you're in a trance. And then what contributes to it is what I have already said. The things grab your attention, and then you get lost in them. See, another way to escape from the truth of your failure to meet life with patience, with love, with kindness, with wisdom, your failure, you don't want to see it. You don't want to see it, and so you escape. So if you're not escaping in the thoughts, and daydreams and fantasies, then you're escaping into everything else. So you escape into whatever captures your attention. So this text message captures your attention. This item you can buy on at Amazon captures your attention. That music captures your attention. See, that conversation captures your attention. 
All these details capture your attention, and they take you away from being able to stand back and get the big picture and be in reality. In reality is where you need to be to deal with people properly and to deal with issues properly. So how are you going to find reality? Well, I already said that in the moment when something presents itself, if you take a step back and watch from the neutral zone, you know, you've heard people say, take a step back, mental step back, or you've heard people say, you know, count to 10. That's kind of the idea. You take a step back, you get the big picture in your heart. You want to do what's right. You always want to do what you know is right in your heart. So you don't have any pre-plan or agenda. So if somebody comes to you and they say, you did me wrong, you take a mental step back and you see that you did do them wrong. And then you say, yeah, you're right. I did you wrong. Somebody comes to you and asks you a question. You could be phony with them. You take a mental step back and you give them a real answer. See, it's beautiful. That's how you have to live. You have to be real. The most real person who ever lived was Christ. He was real. He lived in reality. He told people the truth. And he didn't hide in fantasy. He didn't have to hide in fantasy because he wasn't guilty. And he didn't fail in life. He, he succeeded in every second, every microsecond. He dealt with it properly because he always wanted to do what was right in his heart. He always wanted to do what he knew was right in his heart. That was his attitude. He took a mental step back. And God, she revealed to him or moved through him. And it was beautiful. So I want you to see the importance of that. So now you say, Roland, it sounds so beautiful. I understand what you're saying. I want to be able to take a mental step back. I don't know how. I can see that right now I am caught up in daydreams. I'm caught up in fantasies. I'm caught up in blaming my wife, my husband, my ex-wife. I'm caught up in all the details. I'm majoring in the minors. I have a lot of people problems. And that upsets me, and everything upsets me, and I sit around and worry, and I don't know what to do. Well, then what you need to do is to practice. Now, listen, this is very important. You have to come out of being caught up in everything. So, how do you do that? Well, here it is. I'm going to tell you how to get out from being caught up in everything. So you can do what you know is right in your heart and say the right thing and do right by people for the first time in your life. Do right by your husband, your wife, your partner, your kids, other people. And be real and be transparent and be patient and have kindness and have love and have courage. Yes, the courage to tell the truth, but not with anger. So you need all of that. Where's it going to come from? You don't have it now. You don't have courage. Yeah, you have anger. You get angry and you think you're in control, but you're actually out of control. You think you're clever, but it's because you're just spouting a bunch of memorized things that you memorized. They see there's no love in it. And then you wonder why you fail. I'm going to tell you how to practice getting out of all that stuff and coming back to reality and closer to God. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you now. Here it is. Or are you lost in something already? Here's what you do. You practice coming back to reality. Listen, 
you practice coming back to reality when you have a quiet moment. And then, having come back to reality in the quiet moment, you go out into the world pre-armed with that perspective, pre-armed with the perspective of wanting to do what you know is right in your heart for every moment, pre-armed with patience, pre-armed with calmness. And then, when something presents itself, you are already standing back. You're already a bit distant and closer to God and closer to reality. And then you watch from reality. You watch from that perspective. And you call upon God and your mind is clear, your perception is clear, your discernment is clear, and then you say or do the right thing. You have to practice coming back to reality. The time to try to come back to reality is not when you're standing there arguing with your kids or arguing with your partner. That's not the time to try to come back to reality. You're too upset. You can't find it. You have to recover from your upset first. It's not when you've made a mess out of something and come home and take a drink or go to the refrigerator and eat too much. The time to come back to reality is when you have a little time to come back to reality in calmness. You need to find reality in advance. You need to practice coming back to reality at home, first thing in the morning before you go out in the world and get upset. If you have a few moments at lunchtime or sitting quietly on your porch or quietly sitting somewhere on your sofa, find reality, find that mental distance, that perspective, that calmness, and then go out into the world. When you meet the vicissitudes of life, you will already be pre-armed with patience and calmness and courage. And wisdom is available. Even just being calm and reasonable and rational and not angry and not upset, even that is good. But when you add to that the extra dimension of the inner light from God to which you have access when you're not lost in the dark light of the imagination, it's a winning combination. Practice in advance. That's why I always talk about the little meditation that I give away. It's free. Within a couple of minutes, you can learn how to find reality, learn how to stand back from the bedlam of thoughts and emotions and worries and doubts and come up out of the fog and the clouds of upset and emotions and fantasies up into the beautiful blue sky where reality is, where the sun is, where the birds are singing. It's that beautiful.
It's that dramatic. And it's that simple. And then take it with you out into the world. Take it with you. You bring the reality with you. Christ had a light. He was a bright light. And he told us, he said, you are the light of the world. He was talking to his disciples. Would you like to be the light of the world for your family, for your children? Would you like to be able to discern the right thing to do and then have the courage to do it? When everybody else says, you got to do this, you got to do this. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so safe. Oh, it's good. It's so effective. It's so wonderful. You got to do it. Do you have the courage to, do you see clearly that it's not what they say? And do you have the courage to go a different way? Well, you need to pre-arm with it. See, you have to be coming from the dimension where courage comes from. See, it comes from God. Somebody once said, all good comes from God. The courage comes from God. The love comes from God. The patience. See, you can be patient when you have love in you, but where does the love come from? It comes from Him. And it's there unless you become disconnected. See, that's your problem. You're always becoming disconnected. When you get lost in thoughts, you're disconnected. When you get lost in worries, you're disconnected. When you're lost in studying, you're disconnected. When you're upset about something, you're disconnected. But when you stand back with no thought, no emotion, no plan, no agenda, you're just totally innocent. And you stand there and you don't know what to say, but you want to do what you know is right in your heart. Then it'll come to you and you will be a light, a shining light. Your children need to see that light. Your partner needs to see that light. Have they ever seen love? Has anybody seen love? You can imagine people who saw Christ when they saw love in him. That's why so many people loved him, because they saw the love in him that they had never seen in any of their phony authorities, all their false, phony, lying, deceiving, pompous, arrogant, intellectual authorities. They never saw love, but they saw it in him. Your children need to see love in you. Practice in advance. That's why I always talk about the little meditation that I give away. It's free. Within a couple of minutes, you can learn how to find reality, learn how to stand back from the bedlam of thoughts and emotions and worries and doubts and come up out of the fog and the clouds of upset and emotions and fantasies up into the beautiful blue sky where reality is, where the sun is, where the birds are singing. It's that beautiful. It's that dramatic. And it's that simple. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.